Our final conversation for this morning is with Nikki Bush, who is an international speaker and author. She's also a victim of crime, her late husband being shot and killed in a hijacking in 2017. That was really a turning point for Nikki. Not only was it um, as a result of the traumatic event, but also questions about what she needed to do in order to help grow and support her family. Nikki, good morning. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for making time to speak with us today. Good morning, Kathy. I think there are so many South Africans who will resonate with your story simply because of the high rates of crime that this country is subjected to on a day-to-day basis. Share with us a bit of what happened to you. Kathy, it was at the end of 2017 and we were victims of an armed home invasion. Two intruders entered our home, and my husband took a single shot to the heart. And literally in six minutes, because it was six minutes from the time they entered our property to the time they left, that my life was changed forever. And time was divided into two parts before this and after this, and nothing would ever be the same again. And literally overnight, in six minutes, I became... A widow at the age of 50, I became a single mum of two young young men uh, who were 18 and 22 at the time, and I became the sole breadwinner. A lot of change, a lot of change. Add to that, we had to sell our home because my youngest son, who was also held at gunpoint, could never sleep in our house again. So two massive losses, my husband and our home of 23 years. And suddenly I was the one who had to double my income, uh, pay all the bills, and, and, and really get financially savvy. And it's part of what has motivated you to uh, now take on the journey with other women and talk about then how to create that financial freedom um, for oneself. What did you find to be the most difficult aspect of taking on the journey, um, because all of a sudden uh, your needs are so much bigger than, than what you're able to give, at least in the initial point of the journey. Sure. So obviously, you know, with some kind of trauma like I went through, you're paralyzed. Uh, and getting over the paralysis and getting back on your bicycle because you have to work to feed the children, um, you know, and it, it, it is necessary. But I have to say that work is, is a form of sanity in a way because there's regularity to it. There's a rhythm to it. So going back to work was important because I needed to earn money. But it was, you know, that um, the fact is that the death or what I call what if situations, what if moments, and all of us will experience a what if moment at some time in our lives, whether it's a death, a divorce, a disease, um, diagnosis, some kind of loss, even moving jobs, moving towns, it's all expensive. And we have to start preparing to uh, manage these kinds of curve balls when they hit us. So obviously I had to develop a financial plan. Um, we had had a financial plan together but my husband was the one with the pension. My husband, um, fortunately, had a life insurance policy, but it was very small. I was not left a rich widow. I had to go back to work. But I, I, I would say to people, you know, 
to have something that a policy that pays out to tide you over while you're going through a transition, like I was going through a transition, gave me the peace of mind that I could get back on my feet. It gave me a little bit of time to find my feet. So having somebody who can be that sounding board, fortunately, I had a, an independent financial planner, and he knew my, my financial position, and he was able to take me on that journey. But taking full responsibility for my own financial planning was vital, and starting to pay myself every month money into investments. And it doesn't have to start big. And I think that's the thing that many women are scared of is that money sounds difficult. Money sounds complicated. Investments sound complicated. But once I actually got into it, I realized it wasn't that difficult. Actually, it's all about habit. It's about the power of the debit order, the monthly debit order, and having the discipline of the debit order. So not saying, well, if there's money left over at the end of the month, I'll put it into investments, but rather saying, this is the amount I'm going to pay into investments, created a debit order for it, and got into the discipline. And I can't tell you how comforting it was to make that decision and to see that money going into those investments while I was actually trying to double my income to cover my, my, my husband's salary. And it, it, it was a mindset shift, a big mindset shift to to start buying the shares, um, you know, putting money into – and it's very easy, you know, tax-free investment. You can put 3000 3, just over 3000 rand a month into a tax-free investment. And that was where I started. Very, very easy to do, not complicated, but it makes you feel completely different about yourself. And then, Kathy – you know, as a woman, we actually are very negotiable. And this is due to a lot of conditioning over many years. I'm an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for about 27 years. And I realized after my husband's death that in every negotiation in the last 25 years, I always expected to be asked for a discount on my proposal, my fees, my quotation. And I started waking up to the fact that a man not necessarily always asked for for a discount and when I shifted that mindset people also stopped asking me for a discount so it's amazing how we set ourselves up right at the beginning for earning less than men and then being negotiable is a big one and women who are are climbing the corporate ladder when they get to a place where they're being offered bigger salaries and maybe some kind of uh, share options, women don't realize, and I hear this from C-suite women, that they don't have to accept the initial offer that's on the table. That they can say, just like a man would, thank you very much, I really appreciate this offer, I'll get back to you. And then they come back with a counter offer. And so a lot of these things I've learned from other women who've gone ahead of me, who've shared their wisdom. And Kathy, we need to be sharing our wisdom with each other, what we learn along the journey, because a lot of this is not documented. Does that have to do with the fact that when you are talking to women who are in the C-suite level, they, of course, have a lot more negotiating power by virtue of position than somebody else who may be lower down the food chain or even the hierarchy of an organization? Well, of course, when you get to C-suite level, you have more negotiating power. But I'm talking about stories I've heard from women who've stepped into the C-suite 
who didn't know that they could negotiate, that they could get more. Um, and it's only been because they've had male friends who've said, tap on the shoulder, don't accept the offer straight away. We wouldn't, as men, accept that offer straight away. So, yes, you know, I'm talk- that's, that's obviously a message for people who are, are, are climbing up that corporate ladder. And then for, for other women, we need to actually have a mindset that we are in an asset class all of our own and that we have to invest in ourselves to make ourselves more valuable and more employable as we go along even if we don't have that negotiating power because we haven't reached that stage yet. So what are you doing to sharpen the saw, to add to your skills base, to add to your knowledge that will enable you to charge more? Um, and, and you know, are you developing your own financial and putting money away for what-if moments or for crossroads moments when you want to make a different choice. And as I said, it doesn't have to be a lot, Kathy. Even if you start with 300 rand a month as a discipline or 500 rand a month, what we haven't learned as women is how to play the money game, that money can work for you. We go and we work very hard for our money, and then we forget to put some money away into investments that will work on our behalf without us having to put in the time, the energy, and the effort. We only see one way of, of creating um, money and a salary, and that is to work. And as you know, women are wearing so many different hats. I actually like to say we're wearing many different jackets, and I have a talk called Which Jacket Are You Wearing Now?, which goes down unbelievably well with female audiences because women go through very defined stages mm. in their lives. And they're different stages to the stages men go through. And 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 I, and and I think you know, Nikki. Sometimes perhaps it's not just that women perhaps are not putting away money, but it's in the choices in terms of what they're putting their money into that perhaps um, some of those choices ca- can mm-hmm. be better. Absolutely. So I, I use a line: buy the share, not the handbag. <laughs> and this really, I know it, it does sound amusing and funny, but it is amazing how, especially uh, young, upwardly mobile women, as well as um, you know entrepreneurs or people who feel like they're just starting to make it, need to buy something that other people can see as proof of the fact that they're making it. It would be wiser. <laughs> to put money into shares nobody can see than to go and buy a very expensive handbag. And, you know, you can go and buy a fake handbag for 500 rand to 1,000 rand. You don't have to buy the 40,000 rand Louis Vuitton uh, or Polo handbag because actually nobody knows the difference between a fake and a real one except you. (laughs) (laughs) And and if you had 40,000 rand to spend on yourself, I'm sure that you could put it into a vehicle that, you know, when I say a vehicle, I don't necessarily mean a car, um, into an investment vehicle that is going to pay you when you retire one day. And we have to remember that we're going to work for a long time, but one day we're going to stop work. Mm. And if you think about what happened with the pandemic, you know, companies have realized that they don't need to pay for floor space if people can work from home. They are also going to realize that they don't have to employ so many permanent people. And so a lot more of us will be entrepreneurs or working the gig economy. And that means that all of us are going to be far more responsible for our own retirement pension 
our own medical aid, our own risk cover, and we're going to have to take that on ourselves. So you might as well start now taking responsibility for your own financial planning, and it's never too late to start. That's what I've realized, having really actually only taken the bull by the horns at the age of 50. It's never too late to start. We need to wake up, ditch the pink roses, ditch the pink bubbly, and buy the shares, not the handbag. All right. Nikki Bush, international speaker and author, uh, thank you for coming on to the show today. You heard what she said. Yes, ditch the handbag, buy the shares. <laughs> we'll think about it, Nikki. <laughs> especially because, you know, sometimes the handbag comes in handy for matching outfits, but we'll think about it. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy, and there's a lot more information at, at nickybush.com. All right, fantastic, Nikki. Let's leave it there for this morning.